Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Hello, how are you? Hello, happy new year. Yes, hello, welcome to 2022, everybody. That's wild. It truly is. I feel old. (laughs) It's just 2020 round three. I know, right? Not really ready for it. I'm supposed to be flying to Colorado on the 12th. I'm like, what's going to happen? I know. I'm supposed to go to Seattle on the... Uh, that, like, weekend, right? 14th? Yeah. 13th? Ah, I fly out? Yeah. Sad. I mean, nothing's happened yet. But. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just, there's been so many flight cancellations, and I have two layovers in each way. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I saw so many things, and, like, a bunch of them were, like, JetBlue cancellations, and, of course, I'm flying JetBlue. Mm. I was like, no, please stop. I like JetBlue. Me, too. They have the best service, I think. I agree. How was your holiday? It was great. Um, Christmas was very lovely. And then uh, for New Year's, I went to, we didn't have a party. It was a very, very, there was like a total of seven people there. Nice. (laughs) Small get together for uh, New Year's and my cousin and then our friend Gabby's birthdays. We had a uh, Marvel and Taylor Swift themed party. I love that. Oh my God. The best of both worlds. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> That's so fun. How did you come up with that theme? Um, my cousin really, really loves Marvel, and their partner, Rachel, really, really loves Taylor Swift. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, just happened to work out. So I love that. Best of both worlds, truly. How about you? How was your holiday? It was good. I was on... I went home for Christmas, and then we went on a ski vacation with my family, mm. which was good. And I got back yesterday, and it's absolutely nuking snow at my house. Ugh. And Tyler's wish- skiing. But I was like, I have so much shit to do after being gone for 10 days. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Like, I can't, it would not be responsible for me to go. So. <laughs> so I'm trying to be an adult. That's my New Year's resolution, to be more of a responsible adult. <laughs> there you go. That was, yeah, I had to say sorry. I can't go skiing on a work day because a little, I'm still pretty new at my job. I shouldn't yeah. <laughs> just yet. <laughs> that being said, I did plan a last minute trip to Colorado to go skiing. So that's not so much like... It's a okay. super responsible adult thing to do. You planned that in 2021, so that it doesn't it's true. Count. I don't know her. That's 2021, Morgan. Exactly. Who is she? Who would do that? She? And today marks the annual like day that I write everything in my planner and then use it for like two months and then never look at it again. Oh, I wrote every day thing in my planner. Um last month and I'll probably use it for like the next week and then that'll be it yeah every single year I do it and then I still buy another planner Mm -hmm. and do it again and I just the follow-through is what I'm going for this time (laughs) oh yeah but we'll see it's hard to want to write stuff down like in the middle of the winter when you don't really have stuff going on (laughs) yeah 
uh, yeah, it's really unmotivating, but oh well. Anyways, anyways, what is we doing today? So even though we were just kind of on a little break, I thought I would give us a little short episode today. Yes. I found this topic on like a listicle or something. I like very much stumbled upon it. Very nice. Oh, wait. Real quick interruption. Yes. For Christmas, my lovely mother got me this A Year of True Crime daily uh, true crime calendar. I love that. What's today? Today. Wait, can you give us yesterday and today? Because today's So yesterday and today is one same thing. It's Brazil's most notorious serial killer who um, is now a big YouTube guy, apparently. Oh. Um, his name is Pedro Rodriguez Filho. He's a Brazilian serial killer and crime commentator. I will read you this little excerpt from this, if you would Please like. Please do. This is so fun. So, Pedro Rodriguez Filho, a.k.a. Pedrinho Matador, or Killer Petey. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Had already murdered dozens of people by the time he was imprisoned in 1973 at the age of 19. Holy crap. He spent most of his adult life in prison, where he allegedly racked up another 47 victims, including his own father, whom Petrino killed in retaliation for murdering his mother. So he had, as a child, literally killed dozens of people. Yes. Holy guacamole. And then killed almost 50 more while in prison. Oh my god. And then... After a total of 42 years behind bars and an estimated 100 murders, Pedrino was released in 2018, determined to find peace and dedicated to keeping kids away from crime. The medium for his message? YouTube, of course. Now dubbed Pedrino X Matador, that's ex-killer Petey, His channel boasts more than 130,000 followers and nearly 10 million views. Pedrino offers commentary on crime and warns against drugs and the criminal lifestyle. His code of conduct starts with the basics, urging young people to respect their elders, keep their skateboards off the sidewalks, and be honest with their peers. Holy fuck, how have I never heard of that? And I just don't get it. Me neither. That is so strange. Like, apparently Brazil's prison system actually reformed him, even though he murdered, like, 50 people while in prison. Um, I'm all for reform, but, like, (laughs) if you're killing dozens of people by the age of 19, I'm not sure what kind of hope there is for you. Yeah. That was like, sounds a little interesting to me. But on top of that, I don't know where it is. It's somewhere on my bedroom floor. My room's a mess right now because I have Christmas things and laundry and, you know, the use. I Um, feel that. But I also got a ghost hunting book. Amazing. In our family Yankee swap. So I love that. Yeah, I will be using both calendar and that activity book as stories for the next few months, probably. Hell yeah. When my 
my grandfather just moved up with my parents from Florida. Mm-hmm. And when they were cleaning out his house, they found a like 501 most notorious crimes book. So I've been using that as well. <laughs> That's so fun. Yes. Granted, it's from like the 80s, so it's not suit. There's nothing super modern, but it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. But today we are going to talk about the murder of Frank E. Converse. Ooh. Also known as the first armed bank robbery in the United States. Ooh. Yep, I stumbled upon this one. I was looking for something else. <laughs> I found this, this one story I really wanted to talk about. And I wrote it down somewhere, and I can't find the name of the guy. Oh, no. So I was, like, racking my brain doing all sorts of searches for it. <laughs> and I stumbled upon this, so we're going <laughs> to talk about this today. <laughs> it's fine. There we go. So to start us off, I'm going to read an excerpt from the New York Times article that was released following the day of the robbery. So in 1863. Ooh. Wayback machine today. Quote, The Malden Bank was entered shortly before noon today. The son of the president was the only person in the bank at the time. The bank president, not the president of the United States. Gotcha. <laughs> he was murdered and the bank robbed, robbed of about all its con- contents. E.C. Converse is the president. The murdered boy was se- about 17 years old. Up to this evening, no clue has been obtained of the person who committed the murder and robbery at the Malden Bank. The amount of money taken was $5,000, $3,000 in $100 bills, and $2,000 in small bills. This sum was counted out by Mr. Merrill, the cashier for the young Converse, who was the bookkeeper, to do business with, while he, Merrill, was temporarily absent. Young Converse was shot, the ball passing through his left temple and coming out behind the right ear. The act was done between 11 and a quarter and 12 o'clock noon. The directors of the Malden Bank offer a reward of $6,000 for the arrest of the murderer and recovery of the money. End quote. (laughs) I love old newspaper articles. They're just so, like, their sentences are so short. It's just, like, everything's so abrupt. It's very... (laughs) It's also so flowery and, like, you can only half understand. Right. And, like, I really don't think now if you were to read an article, like, a short article like that about a murder, they would say, like, the bullet passed behind his right temple and into his left ear. (laughs) That's, it's all weirdly, like, oh, that was my phone on the floor. (laughs) It's all weirdly, like, specific but non-specific, if that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> this robbery of the Malden Bank is largely considered the first armed bank robbery in U.S. history and the first one that involved a murder. Of course, like always, if anything claims to be the first, there's people that will debate it and say something else came first and blah, 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 blah. But the stuff that I read said this was first, so that's what we're going with. Don't fight me on it. There we go. The perpetrator was a 32-year-old man named Edward Green, who was the postmaster of Malden, Massachusetts. Mm. Edward had a severe drinking problem and subsequently a large amount of financial debt. Mm. His original plan was to burn down the post office. 
Okay. I'm not sure how that would solve any of his problems, but okay. Just make people feel bad for him because where he works. I guess. He didn't follow through with that plan out of fear that innocent people would be hurt. Which okay. is a little contradictory, but whatever. <laughs> As you'll see, none of his logic really checks out in any way. Yeah. <laughs> so then, a couple of months later, on the morning of December 15th, 1863, he went from the post office next door. So the post office and the bank were right next to each other. Mm-hmm. He went from the post office next door to get change, as you tend to do with the business, especially back then. Oh, yeah. And he returned to the bank around noon because he had received a dollar bill that was torn up pretty badly. Oh. When he arrived, he noticed that there was only one bank clerk working, Frank Converse, the 17-year-old son of the bank president, E.C. Converse. Taking note, Green realized that now is the time to end all of his money problems and returned to the post office to grab his six-shooter revolver. Yep. This is a great moment for me. Yep. (laughs) On returning to the bank, he shot Frank point-blank, killing him and helping himself to the cash. Poor Frank. Bro. I know. They just come back in a costume Based on the fact that he was a severe alcoholic, I'm assuming he was fucking hammered when he did this. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not a good excuse, obviously. But still, I was like, holy shit. It's just he a kid. He like, oh, he's in here alone. I'll knock him out from behind. He'll never know it's me. Right. Or literally even just, like, wear a mask and tie him up. <laughs> yeah. I don't think a 17-year-old kid is going to put up all that much of a fight if they're terrified like that. Yeah. Ugh. You don't have to kill him. I know. Poor Frank. This case actually went unsolved for quite a while. What? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Mostly because there were no witnesses in the bank at the time. And Green went back next door door to the post office and nobody suspected him. (laughs) Because, like, your nice, innocent postmaster isn't going to go shoot someone point blank in the head, but... Guess that was the fact. (laughs) However, about a month later, in January 1864, some people around town began to notice that Edward had started to pay off his debts. Kind of all at once. (laughs) And they became suspicious and alerted the police. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Good, good. Green was taken into custody on February 7th and, from all accounts, started confessing basically as soon as the police started questioning him. Yep. Which is also what makes me think that he was probably hammered when he did this and then realized what he did and was like, holy shit. Yeah. They found the rest of the cash that he took in an old boot in the attic of the volunteer fire department station. (laughs) Edward was sent to the Middlesex County Jail, where on April 13th, 1866, he was executed by hanging. Oh, my God. Yep. I know where that is. Yep. Crazy. I drive. I don't drive by it that much, but I, I know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not much is known about our victim, Frank Converse, seeing as his life was incredibly short. Hmm. However, a fun fact about his family is that his family actually started the Converse Shoe Company. Okay, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Like, was it the shoe company while he was alive or was it after? I will tell you right now. Oh, yeah. 
His father, E.C. Converse, in addition to being the president of the Malden Bank, also started the Boston Rubber Shoe Company. So then to keep it in the can in the uh, keep it in the family, mm. his cousin, 47-year-old Marquise Mills Converse, a manager at a footwear ma- manufacturing firm, opened the Converse Rubber Shoe Company in Malden, Massachusetts in 1908. Wowee. Yeah. The company was a rubber shoe manufacturer providing winterized rubber-soled footwear for men, women, and children. By 1910, Converse was producing shoes daily, but it was not until 1915 that the company began manufacturing athletic shoes. Very nice. Now they're owned by Nike. They are, as of 2003. Mm -hmm. There's a big... Converse sign in Boston if you're like going by like the garden area. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. They have a cute well, little shop I've been in. Lovely. Yeah. And that's all we really know about that first armed bank robbery. I told you it was gonna be a short one, but <laughs> No, it's fine. That's so fun. When I looked it up, I was like, you know, this is interesting. And then I was like I could save it for a mini-sode, but I was kind of out of... I was really frustrated about not being able to find the one I wanted. So I was like, that's it. I'm going with this one. <laughs> Understandable. That was fun. Um, Glad you liked it. Very interesting. One of those ones that has weird connections. Yeah. To the real world. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Oh, also... Yeah, uh, one of my fun little Christmas gifts from my dear brother Raymond was a little like one of those uh, on-air like red lights. That is so cute. I love yeah, so that. It's currently on, sitting outside my bedroom door, so that nobody comes in and disturbs me. Oh my god, I love that. When we have a house, I'm definitely getting one of those, so oh, that yeah. Tyler doesn't interrupt me. <laughs> it's nice. It's very. The cute. intentions are good, but he always. He's a loud, loud guy. <laughs> yup. That is so cute. I love that idea. I don't yeah. know why it never even occurred to me that you could get one of those somewhere. I've always thought about that. I'm like, oh, like, I'd want to look at it. So, like, it wouldn't help. And I'm just like, whatever, I'll just put it there. <laughs> I love that. Aw. Thanks, Raymond. Well, as you all know... Stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're currently listening. We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod on, and on Twitter at Monday Mornings P. And if you have questions or topics that you'd like to have covered in a future episode, you can DM us on any of those platforms. And then you can also email us at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. Make it your New Year's resolution. (laughs) (laughs) We'll appreciate it. I promise. We'll send you stickers. As always, start your Monday morning the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.